Since June, most of Minnesota has gone from being abnormally dry to severe or even extreme drought. It's time for gardeners to start thinking about their trees. And that's what we're going to talk about today on Grow It Minnesota. Welcome to Grow It Minnesota, the podcast about growing fruit, vegetables, flowers, and anything else in a cold, cold climate. I'm Mary Shear, a home gardener and author of the book, The Northern Gardener, From Apples to Zinnias. On this program, we talk to some of the best gardeners in the Midwest, so you can grow a more productive, beautiful garden, no matter the weather. Let's get on to today's guest. Okay, well, welcome back, folks. Today, I'm talking with Jake McDonald of uh, Davy Tree Care. He's a consulting arborist, and we're going to talk about trees and drought. And drought is something that's certainly on everybody's mind. So, Jake, start by telling us a little bit about what would be signs of drought stress in trees, which is sure. Yeah. Um, one of the most apparent signs is when you just start to see some of the leaves curling. Um, and then as you approach them, they'll look cupped and curled. And when you touch them, they'll be a little more crumblier and they may change color some beforehand too. So, um, those are the main things I look for um, when wondering about drought stress is just what are the leaves showing. And when the leaves start doing that, I mean, how far along is the tree in terms of being stressed? Right. Um, yeah, they start to, they start to dry out well after they're stressed. Um, and it depends on the age of the tree to a certain extent too. Um, a more mature tree can deal with more drought stress. So it's really the younger trees or newly planted trees where you do kind of start to see that cupping and curling. Um, and when you notice that, what we find to be the most helpful is um, we can do what we call a scratch test. And you just go to a small branch on the tree and with your thumbnail or a small knife, um, you just scrape, scrape the bark off a little bit. And if it's green behind where you scrape the bark off, that means the tree still got water throughout the canopy or at least through that limb. You can do a couple small areas. It can only be a quarter inch. You just want to see what's going on behind that bark. And that's going to give you usually the best impression of, is this branch completely dried out? And that's when you scrape it and you keep scraping and all you see is brown and you don't find any green to it. If there is some green to it, then the branch is still trying to do its job and it is still getting some water. So that's mm -hmm. how I... Usually when people say, my tree looks dried out, is it going to make it? I give it a little scratch test with my thumb. And usually that's one of the best indicators I've found to use. Wow. Okay. I've never heard of that one. That's a good idea. And anybody can do that, right? Yeah, any anybody can do it. Yep. You don't want to like whittle the whole branch down to nothing. No. You just want to put a little hole in the bark and see if it's green behind that. So. Yeah. yeah. And when you talk about an immature versus a more mature tree, where are we in terms of age. You know, I mean, obviously a tree that's one to two years old, those are going to be very prone to drought stress. But what if a tree is five or 10 years old? You know, mm -hmm. um, for me, it's more of how recently was it planted? Because um, you could plant a five-year-old tree and it's still going to be really susceptible for stress for two to five years beyond that. 
And it's because the tree is reestablishing its root system and it's putting a lot of energy into that. So when a tree gets dug up at a nursery or air spaded out, it loses such a significant mass of its fine roots that really absorb the water um, that it's going to take years and years for that to recover. So if your tree's been planted in the last even three to five years, it's going to be really important that you do give it some supplemental watering. Mm-hmm. If you planted a sapling of a tree two years ago, you know, it was smaller than your pinky, it's been in the ground, its roots should be taken care of it. We kind of say when you transplant a tree, it needs one year to recover for every inch diameter of the stem. So if you planted a two-inch tree, it's going to take two years for it to really start to bounce back. And that third year, you'll see it start to grow and it'll have more of that drought resistance because it's got a more complete root system at that point. Mm-hmm. And are there particular tree species that are a little more prone to drought stress than others? Um, there are some, but my primary concern is just how long has it been in the ground? Um I was thinking about that and I didn't really come up with a long list of trees that were just like these ones dry out immediately if they're under drought stress. Generally, if you've got an established tree and it's ideally a native Minnesotan tree um, or from the area, you know, proper for our zone, then um, drought stress shouldn't really shake it as long as it's had enough time to, to sink in its roots and kind of build that root system. And then that's drought stress of a few weeks. A summer of drought stress can be hard on any tree. Right. And I mean, are we getting close to that? I mean, it's been, you know, in my yard, I've had maybe at the most two inches of rain since June 1st at the most. Yeah. Um, That's certainly been hard on all of our trees. Um, I would say with trees and decline of trees, um, just drought stress for a summer may not be enough to really bring an end to the tree. But it's when your tree stressed out from drought and it starts to have an insect issue or a fungus issue. It's kind of those compounding factors that are all exasperated by the lack of water. It just doesn't have that ability to recover. So we certainly need to be watering our trees. And I've spent some time doing that in my yard. I have relatively young trees in the back and, um, you just got to kind of take some time to put some water down for them in a really helpful way. And there, there's a couple ways you can do that to make sure they're getting enough as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, tell how how should we be doing the supplemental watering? I mean, I know some people say the sprinkler is kind of a waste of time and water because it just evaporates. But what's the best way to do the supplemental watering? Yeah. So with a young tree, a um, couple tools that are helpful are one is tree bags or watering bags and they zip up around the base of the tree and you fill them up with water and they gradually drain that water at the base of the tree over a day or so. Um, But what you really want to pay attention to, whether it's with a young tree or a mature tree, is how much water is there kind of in the top six inches of the soil. They say six to nine inches. So when you're wondering, is my tree getting dried out? What you can do is just grab a small garden shovel And you don't need a huge spade. You don't want to damage the roots while you're doing it. But just dig a small hole at the base. And if that top six inches of ground is wet, six to nine inches, then your tree should be in pretty good shape. But if you dig in and, you know, you're in the top two inches of soil and it's bone dry and you keep going and it's still dry and it's dry all the way nine inches down into the soil, then your tree's definitely lacking in water. Um, So a sprinkler system can be helpful. 
The thing with that is a lot of it evaporates, as you mentioned. But also, if you have thick turf, it's not going to get down beyond the turf anyway. The, the grass needs the water as well, and it's going to soak that up as much as it can. Um, so the other thing that's helpful is drip line irrigation. If you can you know, run a drip line around the base of your tree, and then what you want to do is just um, run it until you get enough water that that top six to nine inches of soil is wet. And if it's a big mature tree, you actually want the top six to nine inches of soil from branch tips to branch tips under the whole drip line of the tree, because that's where the bulk of the roots are going to be. So a sprinkler can be helpful. You do want to check throughout that area. But if you're watering it with a hose, you want to turn that hose on low, set it at the base of the tree and let it run for about 15 minutes. And if it's a new tree that's one to four inches in diameter, give it 15 minutes in four different spots around the base of the tree Mm -hmm. and then dig down a little bit and see if it is soaking down or if you've got it turned up too much and it's all just washing away, then you need to adjust your flow rate. So it's, it's soaking in rather than running off. Yeah. And I was surprised this, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I decided to give my trees some water because I had read about this problem and, um, I thought, well, this is just going to run right off. But boy, those roots soaked everything I put on it up in the, right around the tree. Yeah. I was really surprised Yeah, how much the tree seemed to want the water. Yeah, they're so thirsty and they can soak up a ton of water. And then the other part you want to do in addition to getting that top six to nine inches of soil wet is then go back a day later and dig another hole and see if it's still wet and check on it periodically. And that'll give you a feel for how frequently you need to do it. If you put that water down and you've got a high clay soil and the tree soaking it up slowly, it may be that you only need to do that watering once or twice a week. If you've got sandy soil and the water's draining really efficiently, it may be you need to do that more frequently. So my first step would be to water it and make sure you are getting that good soak and then check on it periodically the next few days. And that'll give you an indicator of Okay, so after four days, the soil was dried out again. I need to water it every three to four days. Or after four days, the water was, the soil was still mud. I need to give it more time than that. And just water as needed. Um, it's hard to come up with a specific formula per tree. It just depends so much on site conditions and what the tree is doing. So. Right, right. And whether it's an understory tree as well, would that make enough? Would that have an effect? Because I notice some places that are in the shade, things do, the water does hold a little better. It seems to hold better. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, you know, if you have a wooded lot, um, you probably don't need to water in the same way as if you've got you know, a boulevard tree or just one in the middle of the turf in the backyard. So a wooded lot's going to be, like you said, it's going to be more resistant to that evaporation because of the canopy cover. Um, that shade does a lot for helping keep the moisture in the soil, but also if it's a wooded lot, you've likely got a duff layer as well as, um, some humus and everything that that's kind of a natural mulch that's going to allow that water to stay in the soil as well. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about boulevard trees because I, Mm -hmm. I, I live in St. Paul Mm -hmm. and they've been taking out those emerald that, you know, those ash trees right and left. Yeah, put down the new trees, and then mm-hmm. I'm a, there's a few homeowners that have not been watering their new trees. Right. If you have a new boulevard tree planted, let's say last year, because they're not mm-hmm. plant, they aren't planting right now, but planted right. last year, mm-hmm. should you be watering that every day, or how often should you be watering something like that? 
Yeah, if it was planted last summer, I would kind of take the same approach where you dig down a little bit around it, see how wet it is. Um, if it were planted at the beginning of this year, you could have a watering bag on that tree and, and you could just keep it full. Depending on species as well, there are some you know, um, evergreens that don't appreciate being soaked. But if, if someone had put in a deciduous tree for you in the last year, you could keep that watering bag full. Um, but really, if you had a watering bag on it and you filled it three times a week, that should take care of a boulevard tree pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be a lot more than some of the trees around here are getting. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned these sort of other factors like diseases and pests. Yeah. What are the kinds of diseases and pests that do hit a drought stress tree? I think pests are going to prey on any tree that's stressed out. Um, this year, we've seen a little bit more aphid action, which is tricky. It's usually earlier in the year, but when they feed on the leaves, they do give them that cupped, curled look, but they won't be dried out in the same way. Um, the other thing we've seen some of this year is Japanese beetles, and they're skeletonizers, so they're going to chew out all the leaf material between the veins on the leaves and leave you with a brown, lacy-looking leaf. And then um, disease-wise, this time of year, what we start to see is a little more oak wilt and a little bit more Dutch elm disease. And again, it's just the tree is stressed. So if there was a small chance of something setting in and having a smaller effect on it, that is just compounded. And the effect of these diseases is going to be greater. With oak wilt and red oaks and Dutch elm disease, kind of once it sets in, the tree's really not terribly likely to recover from that. Keeping it watered allows the tree to have that disease resistance and rebound more quickly. So, And I would guess, do the emerald ash borers uh, like a drought-stressed tree as well? They'll like a stressed tree too, yeah, yeah. Tough one to stop with those. Yeah, and are, where, are you seeing more of that or more widespread with the emerald ash borer? Yeah, yeah, it just continues to creep its way out through the cities and even into the western suburbs. We're seeing more and more of it. So with that, really, you got to treat your trees preventatively, um, and that's that's our tool against emerald ash borers. Right. To treat them preventatively, or think about planting something new. And speaking of planting something new, so I am guessing now is not a good time to plant a tree. So when. When should people be thinking about putting in the, their trees if they want to add some trees to get some more shade in case we have more droughts and things like that? So, oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, we look at fall planting, so late August into September is really a, a good time to do it. Fingers crossed that August cools off and we get a little more rain. Um, but fall planting September is a good time to put trees in as the soil temperatures kind of start to come down. And it just enables that tree because it's so important that they are able to reestablish their roots after they've been planted. Spring and fall are two kind of planting seasons for trees where we have the most success. Right. And are there some specific varieties that you're suggesting that people plant now? One thing we see a lot is people tend to have a lot of spruce trees in their yard. And spruce trees tend to have disease issues with needle fungus um, and a couple other common diseases that make it hard for mature spruce trees to really thrive. So if you're looking for an evergreen tree, um, I often recommend hemlock trees, Canadian hemlock trees. Um, they do well in the shade. They're generally resilient. They have a nice dark green color 
and they'll look similar to a spruce, um, not a blue spruce, but they'll, they'll be that nice green Christmas tree form. And if they get full sun, they stay nice and full. They're really thick. They're beautiful. And they do well in the shade. They're a little thinner, but they look like more of a woodsy evergreen tree. Mm-hmm. Um, fir trees also do well. Um, they're just more of, a, more of a native species, and they're adapted to our climate. So those are kind of my evergreen go-tos. If you have a really wet location in your yard, um, I recommend tamarack trees. They're cool because, I mean, they're a deciduous, um, deciduous conifer, which yeah. you don't see all the time. And so they, they will drop their needles in the winter, but they'll turn a nice gold before they do that. And they're really going to thrive in those wet soils. So I love a tamarack tree. Yeah, they're, they're a beautiful tree. We used to have one at a next door neighbor's. First year that I was there, I thought the tree had died because I didn't know that's what it did. But. Yep, yep. We've had a few people call in in the past and say our spruce tree or our pine tree dropped all its needles and we need it gone. And I'm, I get to be the bearer of good news in those situations where I say, nope, it'll put them back on in the spring. You got a great tree. What about other deciduous? Um, and some of the new, some, a lot of people are planting these new elms. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, do you have a particular one of the new elms you think is very hardy in our area? I don't have a favorite elm. Um, I think they're great trees. It's just so many of them are so new. I haven't seen them at maturity. And to me, a big part of what makes a, a tree great is what does it look like 50 years from now? So with newer trees, it's harder to tell. But with the new hybrid elms, a lot of them grow quickly, which can be really nice. But they do require a lot of training pruning along the way to keep their structure healthy. They'll put on so much growth and so many new limbs that they wind up growing in every direction. And rather than one strong central tree, you wind up with multiple weaker trees growing all in every way. So it is important when you do plant a new tree that's really fast growing um, to either talk with somebody about pruning it or have someone prune it to direct that structure. Because there's um, a fair amount of hybrid maple trees that are really popular and absolutely beautiful. But because they grow so quickly and have not been maintained, their structure is really compromised. And we often see them blow apart in high winds and that sort of thing. And then you've got this great tree that's 15 years old and half of it's missing, um, which is pretty easy to work around. If, if you either know how to prune it or get trained in how to prune it or have someone prune it for you every year or every other year as it's developing that central structure. So. Yeah, we had one of those um, Autobrilliance maples, which is a mm-hmm. beautiful maple, grows very fast. Yep. Um, yep. And had to have it pruned. It made a huge difference when the guys yep. came out. And of course, this is a job I'm not going to do. And there's no way I'm letting my husband do it. Sure. The guys came out and pruned it up. And it was gorgeous after yeah. that. Um, yeah. Still standing. We don't live there anymore, but it's still standing and still very beautiful right. tree. Yeah, because he gave it the tools to work with. That's great. One of our favorite things is when we see some of those hybrid maples and we can tell they've been maintained and they have that good structure and we know that's going to be a beautiful tree for a long time. So any other tips for people on dealing with drought? Not necessarily, you know, whether it's their trees or their shrubs, um, Mm -hmm. you know, how often should we be watering other plantings that may not be, you know, the big tree? Kind of my number one tip for dealing with drought is mulching. Um, When you have that you know, young tree that goes in and you try and grow grass right up to the base of it, your tree's going to have a really hard time getting water. So if you can put a mulch ring around the base of that tree that's about three feet across, 
that's going to allow that water into the soil and it's going to slow the evaporation. Um, a common issue we see with mulching is that people think they need a ton of it and it needs to be piled right up next to the tree. And really, you're good with you know two to three inches of mulch just to keep that moisture in the soil and give it a little space from the trunk. Give it three or four inches away from the trunk. When you pile that mulch at the base of the trunk and you're trying so hard to keep the tree watered, it winds up that you're soaking the mulch and it's trapping moisture against the trunk tissue, which is meant to dry out on the exterior. Um, and then you can wind up with more issues, whether it be trunk rot or girdling roots and that sort of thing, because now it thinks that it's trying to grow three inches higher up than it's really planted. And that can be hard on a tree. But a mulch ring will save you a, a pile of work. And if you use a watering bag or that slow drip with your hose, you're going to find that under that mulch, it retains moisture so much better that your tree's just going to be in better shape for the long run. And mature tree, put a mulch ring as wide as the drip line if you want. But I know people like to have some grass in their yard, so you still just want to give it some space from the trunk, and then you can have that three to four feet wide ring around the tree. Right. And actually, I see those. There's a volcano planting in my, mm-hmm. we call them, you should put moats around your trees, not volcanoes. So you've got yeah. the, the yep. little ring. Not a yep. volcano. A moat or a donut. Yeah, you want to give donut. it. Some space. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Jake McDougall, thank you so much for helping us um, understand uh, what's going on with drought, and hopefully, we'll all get some rain soon. So. Fingers crossed. We're yeah, we're in need of it. If you are enjoying Grow It Minnesota, please subscribe, follow. And give us a review over on Apple Podcasts. That really helps me reach more cold climate gardeners. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another show.